I have been listening to Audible for years. It just started with a free trial and my favorite Ellen Hildebrand book. And then once I realized how much I could accomplish in a day, like cooking for the kids, cleaning, organizing the house, you name it, um, while being entertained, I was hooked. It has all of my favorite fiction books, but it also has our favorite books on natural birth like Mindful Hypnobirthing, Birth Without Fear, Birthing From Within, Natural Childbirth, The Bradley Way, just to name a few. If you use my link, you can get 30 days free of Audible. Just go to audibletrial.com slash birthnaturally. And I suggest starting with Ina May's Guide to Childbirth if you haven't already, because that is a listener favorite. So once again, just go to audibletrial.com slash birthnaturally for 30 days free. Welcome to Birth Naturally. I'm Kaylee. And I'm Kate. And we're sisters having a conversation about everything from med-free birth to natural parenting. Hi everyone, thanks for joining us today. If you aren't already following us on Instagram, please head over and follow at Birth Naturally. And if you're enjoying the stories we're sharing, please give us a five-star rating on iTunes. It helps others to find our podcast too. Everyone knows that having a baby changes your life. Sometimes your birth can also change your life and your career path. Today we will be talking to Maddie, who wanted to have a natural birth with her first baby. She chose to labor at home as long as possible and made it to the hospital just in time. She had such a smooth and great labor that she decided she wanted to become a doula and a childbirth educator so she could help other women achieve the same thing. Hey, Maddie. Thanks for coming on the podcast today. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. Okay, so why don't you start by just telling us a little bit about you and your family? Perfect. Yeah, so I'm Maddie. My husband is Ty. And then we have a little nine-month-old baby girl named Truly. Um, right now we're living, uh, in Oahu, Hawaii. Uh, we just got here just a couple months ago. We're loving it. And, uh, my husband's going to school and then I'm a childbirth educator and birth doula. Very cool. So I know you'll have a lot to tell about your experience (laughs) being in childbirth education and we'll get to that at the end, but let's start now with when you found out you were pregnant. Okay, cool. So um, originally, we actually didn't know if I was going to be able to get pregnant just from some pre-existing issues, Um, but it started to feel right. So we were like, okay, let's start like actively trying. Let's start doing it. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, yeah, we, it's kind of funny. We were trying for a little while, a couple months, and then decided we were going to stop trying. And then the month we decided to stop trying, I found out I was pregnant. <laughs> of course. <laughs> right. Always. <laughs> right, exactly. That's how it always works. But yeah, so it was pretty shocking. Uh, I stayed up late with a friend talking. I told her that I felt like I was pregnant. And then, you know, it's the anticipation all day waiting, like, so that you can tell your spouse that you're pregnant. <laughs> but yeah, it was, it was incredible being able to... I mean, it was super scary for sure because we had just decided to stop trying. And so now all of a sudden I felt like, wait, I'm not ready. This is such a shock. Right. But, no, I, I totally yeah. get that. It, it always feels like you're not quite ready. 
Right, exactly. Even if you waited 15 years, you'd feel like, what am I doing? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, but it was awesome. My husband, he was pretty shocked. But we were so excited. We were so ready to start our family. We'd been married for quite a few years. So we, we were super excited. Oh, that's so sweet. So did you guys always know that you wanted to have a natural birth? Or was that something that you kind of figured out during your pregnancy? No, I in high school, I used to literally like joke around, you know, and I'd be like, oh, I'm going to be in labor and say, doctor, give me the drugs. Like, <laughs> you know, like I always just used to... I don't know. I never thought about it. I just knew that the norm was just having drugs and that, you know, that's how women got through it. But one of my girlfriends, um, we actually live together right now. She was like wanting to be a midwife and, and she was working at a birth center and she was a couple months in front of me in pregnancy. And she started talking to me, um, actually in church about Pitocin. And I didn't really know what that was. And so anyways, what she said sparked my interest just about how, you know, if you kind of force somebody into labor, they may not be ready. And I don't know, all these things really resonated with me. Mm-hmm. And so I started to look into it. And then I didn't, super early on in the pregnancy, I, before I even told anybody I was pregnant, I was like, I'm going to have a natural birth. Wow. That is awesome. So then yeah. how, how did you prepare yourself going forward for doing that? Did you take any classes, read books, or what did you do? So I am like the, I'm definitely a type A personality. Like I go zero to a hundred in like three seconds. <laughs> so like I started reading everything, looking up things, making sure that what I was doing is actually a smart decision for me. Um, and so then I knew I wanted to take childbirth classes because in all the videos, like on YouTube that I'd watch, everybody recommended that. So I looked into a couple, um, I looked into hypnobirthing, which really just, I don't know. I just didn't feel like I related to that as much because I was like, what if I'm in labor and I start to feel pain, you know, then I don't know. I just feel like I'll feel out of control if I kind of get out of my like hypnosis, yeah, you know? That makes sense. And actually. so... Yeah. So I was like, I don't know. Like it, I, it just, didn't, it didn't make sense to me. And so then I found the Bradley method, which is actually what I teach now. So I obviously had a good experience, <laughs> but yeah, I found a teacher and basically Bradley method is just essentially teaching your husband how to be your doula. So wow. like they, they go to every class with you. They learn pain management tools and um, learn about all the stages of labor so that they can really take your emotional and physical cues and be able to help you through pain and contractions. So yeah, we took those classes. Um, and yeah, I mean, preparing for a natural birth is like no easy feat mm-hmm. because um, it's not the norm right now. And so I get a lot of um, comments like, oh, you know, like people thought I was naive. They were like, just wait till you feel your first contraction. Like it, you know, you're, you're not going to be able to do it pretty much. Yeah. Like, people love you know, to give, to give their opinions. They love to <laughs> right. Dis- right. They love to be discouraging and give you horror stories too. You know, yeah. it's just very strange. Yeah. And I kind of started to get the vibe that like, I think not everybody, but I think that some women who had medicated births felt like if I could do it unmedicated, that was taking away from their strength in labor. Right, right. Which is not the case, you know, like, you know, a birth is a birth and that's incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I just, 
I don't know. So I kind of stopped sharing my opinions as much. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, we just took the childbirth classes. And in those classes, like it teaches you how to exercise your body to practice labor positions. It talks about like, um, you know, being good about your diet and everything like that. So, you know, I was, it was as if I was training for a marathon. I was doing the physical part, the, uh, you know, the dietary part, the mental part. I was really, really preparing. Wow. That's awesome. Um, I didn't use that Bradley method, but that sounds really cool, especially for people who aren't sure that they're going to want like a doula or somebody else around there when they're in labor. And that's not something right. you do ahead of time. So it's really cool to have your husband just know exactly what to look for. And they know our cues best, you know, they're, they know us best. So that's actually really cool. I like that method a lot. Yeah. I mean, uh, another part of that was that um, the doctor who started this method, he, you know, started to realize that women did the best when they were the most relaxed felt the most secure and safe. And the time that that happened was when they were in the security of their relationship. So when their husband was in the room Mm -hmm. and helping them, they felt secure and safe. And so they were really able to relax through those contractions. I love that. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, it it was awesome. So how were you feeling during your pregnancy? So my, my pregnancy was great. My mom she always said that she felt like she had a childbearing body, just that she carried pregnancies really easily, delivered really easily. And I kind of had a similar experience. Um, you know, I didn't get any sickness at the beginning. So lucky, that was like, the, lucky I know. You. <laughs> I know. I try to not say that too often because people like hate me for that one. <laughs> but yeah, no sickness. The only thing is, is I had a super like tilted uterus, according to my doctor. And so he did explain that I would probably have to be severe back labor. Oh. And, um, and so that was actually true. But so I had really bad back pain throughout the whole um, pregnancy. But really, that was only like my super memorable um, symptom. Everything else, I was super lucky. Everything was really healthy and and it, it was perfect. Awesome. So let's get into the fun part. Let's get into, yes. let's get to the birth. How did you know you were in labor? So I was a week overdue. Um, well, one thing that I think is kind of important is that I didn't mention is choosing your birth professional. Mm-hmm. Um, I chose a doctor that was super highly recommended, but he was super highly recommended by women who had medicated births. Okay. So yeah. it going so that's just kind of the start of it. But anyways, he would not let me go past 41 in a couple of days. Um and that, so that puts the I pressure did. on you a little bit when you're, right. when you're overdue. <laughs> right. I was highly emotional thinking that I was gonna have to be induced because I knew that that would just start a chain reaction of medical intervention. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but I was still, you know, okay, if I have to get induced, like whatever, like I'll still be able to do it natural. It'll be fine. Um, but so the night before my scheduled induction, when I was a week overdue, I, um, my husband and I were actually kind of in a little fight, um, because he didn't want to go for a walk. And I wanted to go for a really long walk because of my back pain. When I would go and work out, my back pain would get less. So we went on a super long walk for about like two and a half miles. 
And that day I went to the zoo. So I'd walked like five or six miles at the zoo, mm-hmm. but nothing, no signs or symptoms like oh, no. leading to labor. <laughs> I know. I was so discouraged. You're like it's the last hurrah. Come on. <laughs> I know. And so, yeah. So then that night we, I could see my house while we were walking. We were almost home. And all of a sudden I thought, huh, okay, that was kind of a distinguishable contraction. Like, I feel like I could have timed that if I wanted to. And so then as soon as I walk in the door, it was 10 p.m. exactly, um, contraction started. And immediately I was down to work. I, I didn't experience early labor at all. It was like, wow. boom, contraction, strong, I'm focused, my eyes are closed, um, but you never really know that you're in labor. Like, I, you know, no, I, yeah, I wasn't thinking that I was in labor. And so um, I told my husband to go to bed and he went to bed and then I started laboring. Wow. That's how I knew. <laughs> so that was at 10 o'clock at night. So your husband went to bed and what did you do then? So I was laying in bed thinking, okay, I need to rest. Everybody <laughs> tells me I need to rest. So I'm trying to rest. And I was like, holy crap, this sucks. Like my contractions when I'm laying in, in bed are absolutely terrible. Like I want to die. You know, I played sports growing up and the only way that I could um, like put it into words was like if you were to like tear your ACL on the field and you just grab your knee and you start rocking back and forth like, oh, like that's what I compared it to. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, this isn't working. So I'm like, screw the rest. I'm going to stand up. So then I really just, it was pretty instinctual. I just got up and I started trying every position I could think of. So I went and I had a contraction in the shower. Didn't work. I went, tried to have a contraction in the bathtub. Still was pretty painful. Um, Hands and knees, squatting, my yoga ball. I tried everything. And so then finally... I woke up my husband at one, so it had been a couple hours, and I was like, okay, like, I think that I need your help. And so he got up, and he showered, um, and then I just realized that, you know, he, he did things, like he used the rebozo, and he used um, the massage balls, and then really, the only thing that, like, really worked and made my contractions really manageable for me was to just stand up and sway side to side with that low moan. Mm -hmm. Wow. So when did you decide it was time to call the doctor? (laughs) So I never called the doctor. Oh, wow. (laughs) Yeah, because he was like, no, like I told him I wanted to labor as long as possible at home. And he kind of just kept treating me like, okay, like, you know, whatever. Like, I don't know. Like he just kind of disregarded me because I don't think he really thought that I could do it naturally. And so I think that he just kind of was like, yeah, like just, just call me like when you can't do it anymore and you're on your way into the hospital kind of thing. And so, uh, yeah, so I, I never planned to call him. I was just like, I'm just going to show up because I had to get into the mentality of, I don't need him. I don't need him. I would be able to do this if I was alone in the middle of the night in a barn in the middle of nowhere. Like (laughs) I don't, right? Like you have to get into that mentality. Yeah. So I was like, I don't need him. Like, kind of like, screw him. He's just there to catch the baby and do the paperwork. Like, that's it. So, um, I, yeah. So then I just, we kept laboring. Um, I texted my mom at, when I first started laboring. And I said, you know, okay, 
I think this might be it, but actually I think I'm just being dramatic. I don't really think this is it, but you know, I'm having some contractions. And obviously she knew better than I did because she showered and got all ready and got all cute <laughs> so that she was ready to go to the hospital. And, and, uh, yeah, so then it was four in the morning and, um, I was still standing and swaying. And I told my husband, I think that I can labor at home for two more hours. I think that I can keep doing this for two more hours and then, and then we'll go to the hospital. That's so and funny. Then, the baby it. can wait. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm like, no, because I was so afraid I was going to get to the hospital and they were going to be like, oh, honey, like you're at a two. Oh. Yeah, been there. Like, <laughs> yeah, how, like, how embarrassing. Because like, uh, yeah. I'm like, I don't, you know, I don't want to like labor as hard and as long as I can. And then for them to tell me like, I'm hardly like progressed. Yeah, such mm-hmm. a, you so know? discouraging too, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I get it. Yes, and it's, it's like, so hard to make that call. Like, when is the time to go if you're going to go, you know? Right, exactly. Well, we knew shortly thereafter when I said I was going to labor for two more hours, I got on the toilet because, you know, the toilet is a comfortable place to labor as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I sat down and the only way I can describe it is I saw a train coming head on about ready to hit me. and like it was a contraction from hell it like came with vengeance and um, and it oh and by the way I had all back labor I didn't feel anything in the front oh Um, yeah and and so the contraction started in my back and then it worked its way to the front and then it worked its way back to the back and it just I mean it was so scary before this contraction even started. It was like, I felt it already. And I just remember thinking, Oh no, oh no, oh no. <laughs> and, and then immediately after that contraction, I started throwing up. Oh, oh man. So you were like, <laughs> you were like in transition. transition. Yeah. You were, yes, you were there. I was in transition. And yeah. you still had a car ride to the hospital. <laughs> right. And we, yeah, we were 13 minutes away. But the weird part is, is that my contractions, you know, we had a little sheet, like a little coach's card for Ty, my husband to look at and distinguish what stage of labor I was in. My contractions never, ever got to be five minutes apart when I was at home. Mm-hmm. So they were like only like 45 seconds to a minute long in every seven to eight minutes. So I was like, I can't be that close. Like I've still got time. I know all and- those rules are just like, it's, it's so hard to follow them. <laughs> like it's never quite right. It's never quite what they tell and you. I, yeah. Who, who came up with this magical five, one, one or whatever they're supposed to be, you know, like you hear these stories all the time about these women, you know, my, my contraction started and boom, I was in the thick of it and they were two minutes apart right away. Or like you said, they were seven minutes apart the whole time, but you right. very well, you were in labor, you know, that baby was right. Gone. So yeah, important to just, even trust. if you're a first time mom to trust your instincts, because we all do have those instincts. We are animals. Absolutely. You know? <laughs> Right. Yeah, no, for sure. Like we have those instincts. And then also I feel like we should focus more on the intensity. Mm -hmm. But again, that's hard because you don't know how much harder it's going to get. I remember thinking, I don't know if I can really, I never said it out loud, but I'm like, I don't know if I can do this if it lasts like this for much longer. Like, Mm -hmm. because you don't know how long it's going to be or how much harder it's going to get. Like, yeah, it's just that unknown is super scary. (laughs) It really can be scary. 
Exactly. So anyways, when I started throwing up, we both looked at each other and it was like unspoken, like franticness. We were like, <laughs> okay, we got to go. <laughs> like, so yeah, so it's kind of funny. I was in the driveway laboring while my husband was getting a barf bucket or something. Oh, <laughs> and, no. and my neighbors are leaving for work because it's like 4.30 in the morning. And, and I'm just out there on the driveway like, oh, <laughs> oh <my>. laboring. <laughs> And uh, anyways, yeah, we got, so then we were in the car and my contractions were two minutes apart. Oh, that car. must have been an awful oh, ride. What a you know, time it, for the, to, to change to this, you know, to get close together. Right, exactly. <laughs> it's it's kind of interesting though. We had a really special moment and I haven't really talked about it a ton, but we had a playlist of songs that I listened to throughout my whole pregnancy um, you know, songs that reminded me of the baby or just made me feel really excited to be a mom. And so we put that playlist on on the way and we were about to get on the freeway. And uh, my husband like just looked at me and um, he just like started crying. And, oh, oh, that's and, so sweet. Yeah. And we were just like silent. And it was just kind of like this last little moment like that we got to spend together. Um, oh my gosh. I just, love like, that. Yeah. We just like knew that like this was finally it. And like, we were about to like have a baby and, and it, like, you know, he didn't say anything. I didn't say anything, but you know, I just knew like through his tears, like that he was just so proud of me and that like, like we were just about to do this together. Oh, you know, it was super, super sweet. So, so sweet. I just got chills. <laughs> yeah. It, it was a really special moment. So yeah, we got to the hospital and then, um, walking from the car to the entrance of the hospital, my contractions were 30 seconds apart. Oh gosh. So, um, I don't know. I feel like the intensity kind of died down a little bit, like, or maybe just because I was putting on a show cause I was in front of other people. So maybe I was just trying mm. to act like it wasn't as bad. Right, right. I, don't I, th- know. I, I don't think know. sometimes you get that little break before you, it's, you know, like after you were transition. You past the hardest part. Yeah, after transition, you get this kind of little... Little break. Little break. I mean, the contraction can come close together, but I feel like they give right. you sometimes a little time to breathe. And Right, I yeah, mean, not sure. totally, but every 30 yeah, seconds. Yeah, I mean, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's why we have breaks in between contractions, because that's like God sent, you know, time for us to rest. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> But we yes, need it. We got in there, and I don't, I don't know why the hospital has you pre-register because that doesn't do anything. We still had to do paperwork when we got there. Oh man, it's so stupid. And so I remember there was two other women in the waiting room, and one of them was just sitting with her hand on her belly, just smiling. And I was like, "Oh, like, are you here because you're getting induced?" She was like, "No, I'm in labor," and I was just like. <laughs> Oh, I hate you so much. And then I'm like, hold on, I have a contraction. <sighs> you know, like I'm she was like, she was probably one of the ones that was like two centimeters. <laughs> right. Like I was just like struggling. And she was just sitting there smiling. And, and then she goes, Is this your first? And then I just felt like an idiot because I'm like, oh my gosh, like I'm just being a pansy because it's my first baby. Like, what the heck? Yeah. And then, uh, you know, we get into triage and the nurse, she checks me and she goes, okay, so you're at a nine and your waters are bulging. Oh, wow. And my jaw just dropped and I just sure. smiled and I looked <laughs> at my is, husband. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Great news. Like, I'm almost done. <laughs> I know. I was literally in shock because on the way, my husband says, should I call our parents? 
because I invited both sets of parents to be in the room. Oh, wow. And I was like, no, because I don't want to get there and be at a two. So like, don't call anybody. And the second she said that, I was like, call my mom, call your mom. Like, holy crap, I'm in a nine. I was so excited. I was like, holy smokes, like this is crazy. <laughs> and it was just an incredible feeling knowing that I did that, you know, it was so validating. Yeah, did it mostly at home too, like you wanted to. Right, exactly. And so then I was in triage um, for a pretty long time. And um, my contractions definitely slowed way down, which is normal. You know, you get to the hospital and labor slows down a little bit. Um, and now looking back, like in hindsight, I know what happened, but at the time I didn't. But essentially, the reason it was taking so long when I was in triage is because there was no rooms available and they didn't have a bed. Oh my gosh. And so, no. um, yeah, so I was just in triage. Um, and then finally they got a bed and again, in hindsight, so the bed was broken. It didn't raise up at all and the back didn't like recline or incline. So like, it was just a flat surface. Like, (laughs) yeah. So there was like nothing for me to like put resistance on. And my doctor had told me he was not okay with me delivering the baby in any other position than on my back. Oh, really? Yeah. So again, I should have changed doctors, but I didn't. Yeah. Um, Well, now you know for the future. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Midwives all the way. Yes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But yeah. So um, then she said, you know, the doctor's going to come in and break your waters. And I didn't really feel like it was that big of a deal. I know I didn't want any medical intervention, but like I knew that I was so close. And my mom told me that she had super, super thick bags of waters and like they didn't break until like the baby was pretty much born in call. Like Mm -hmm. that, like, you know, all of me and my siblings pretty much came out like, and the bag was still intact. Wow. So, um, so I was like, yeah, like, it's fine. You know, she, and the nurse was like, yeah, I mean, labor's going to progress really quickly once the bag is broken. So I was like, okay, whatever. So he broke the bag and then right away I'm like, okay, can I stand up? So I stood up, you know, stuff's obviously like dripping everywhere. And the parents got there. It's funny. My mom's like, I knew you were in labor. So we were already on our way when you told us you were going to the hospital. Oh my gosh. She was ready to go. And uh, the videographer, uh, somehow at five in the morning, she was awake and she's like, okay, on my way. She made it. And then, uh, yeah. And so then basically everybody's just waiting and they were like, do you want to try the squat bar? I'm like, okay, yeah, sure. Um, and then the nurse was just like, just let me know, like when you're ready. I'm like, okay, sweet. So I get down into the squat. And the second that I get down into the squat, I'm like, it's time to push. Like oh my God. that so is what I needed. How long had you been there at this point? Like maybe one hour. Oh, wow. Yeah. That, that's I mean, nice. Yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was super nice. So yeah, it was like ready to go. Um, And then the doctor had left after he broke my waters. I guess he left. I don't know. Because then the nurse started gloving up and she was like in between my legs ready to catch the baby. And again, the bed's broken. So they brought me like 35 freaking pillows to like prop up behind me, which did Oh my gosh. Yeah, that is not, you need like a sturdy, I mean, you're doing some real physical labor (laughs) as they call it. I know. I really should have had like either my mom or my husband get behind me and like help me push, but whatever. It's funny too. Like, so then I started pushing 
Um, and it really was super primal and super instinctual. The nurse was like, okay, like, do you want me to, you know, give you some tips on what works for other women on how to push? And before she even finished her sentence, I was like, <laughs> like just pushing. Like, I just like knew what to do. I had practiced in class and it, yeah, I, I couldn't, um, I, yeah, I couldn't help it. You just push. And I did totally make super like primal noises and my throat was sore for the next few days. But yeah, after, I'm sure. yeah, I think it was like four sets of contractions later because yeah, like you guys said, like the contractions are kind of further apart. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, like four sets of contractions and the baby came out. Like it, oh, wow. it was super fast. My pushing stage was only six minutes. Oh my gosh. That's yeah. insane. And she just came out with the most perfect little round head. Oh. Like you could tell because my labor is so fast. And yeah, she wasn't, so fast. She, she wasn't stuck in the birth canal for very long. Yeah. yeah, she didn't have a cone head at all. She was like, boom, I'm here. I'm ready. I'm perfect. Wow. So for a first time mom, that was like a super quick labor. Right. But I kind, you know, I kind of anticipated that because again, my mom had incredibly short labors and they cut in half each time. So her first oh labor was, um, I think eight hours as well. And then four hours and then two hours. And so with me, she didn't have an epidural with me because she didn't get there in time. Right. Oh my gosh. So what would you do f- if you plan to have more babies in the future? Like knowing that it could be even shorter. Oh, still the exact same thing. If I end up having the baby at home or in the car, uh, like that's what happens. So be it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know, because like I did so well at home and and I don't know. I just feel like if that's, I just have to listen to my body. And I did the best I could when I was in labor to listen to my body and my instincts. And, you know, it led me to getting to the hospital at a nine. But obviously in Hawaii, the hospitals are a lot further away. Mm-hmm. Um, so with my next one, I, I don't know. Honestly, I think I'll do the same thing. Just wait until I really feel like, okay, it's time. Is, is home birth popular there? I know it varies state to state and there are different laws state to state. Is that common right. in Hawaii? Or? Um, yeah. So actually in Hawaii, um, I know that in like lots of different states it's different, but here midwives don't even have to be licensed and insured. Oh, wow. So there's like, there's old school midwives here. Like, you know, like little old aunties that like. That's just, pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. So, so, and it is pretty liberal here. There's a ton of holistic like naturopath type people here. So yeah, I mean, I've actually talked to a couple of people who had straight up unattended births. That, that's pretty. Or, or uh, sorry, unassisted births. Like they didn't have anybody there. Well, that may be in the future for you. So at least you're prepared. <laughs> I know. I think it would be cool. I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't try to have an unassisted birth, mm-hmm. but if, you know, if it happened, it's like, well then, you know, we'll just go to the hospital after and get everything checked out and make sure I'm not bleeding too much. And yeah. Exactly. So what was your recovery like? So I had a first degree tear. um, And I I do like recall (laughs) like tearing. It's because at the very, very last push before she came out, my contraction ended, but I was feeling such, because she came so fast, I felt the ring of fire the whole time I was pushing. Mm. And so 
it, it was just, I was so desperate to get the baby out that I continued to push when my contraction was over. And that's when I ripped, I'm sure. Um, but yeah, but it wasn't bad. Um, the only thing that was bad, again, with my back, the doctor like thinks that it's possible that I like maybe slightly fractured my tailbone in labor. Oh, yeah. I did um, that with one of my kids. That's not a fun recovery. Oh, that- <laughs> you did? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. It's terrible. Yeah, sitting on pillows for weeks and weeks. and <laughs> Yes. Oh, my gosh. Okay, I feel yeah. pretty well. Yeah, when the baby – they say when the baby comes out really quickly, that um, – Oh, really? Yeah, that can contribute to it. So interesting. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, So that was no fun for sure. No. Um, but you know, I I actually did like right when I got home, I was feeling like pretty okay. So my baby was jaundiced, um, super, super bad. They started noticing yellowing of the skin at like eight hours after she was born. So usually they don't even test until 24 hours. So obviously it was pretty like severe that they were noticing it that early. So she was in her little light box for like the first 36 hours of her life. And so I didn't get to hold her. And um, the nurse would come in every two hours to give her to me to let me feed her for 15 minutes. And then they would take her back and um, feed her with formula which that hurt my feelings because, you know, you feel like you're not enough or like mm-hmm. you're not doing good. And so I think that that kind of sparks the initial like anxieties and like depression for me. Mm-hmm. Um, just because in the hospital, it was pretty traumatic. I didn't get to hold my baby. And oh, so, I can't imagine how hard that would be. Yeah. And like I tried so many things and the nurses just wouldn't let me do any of them. And, you know, and then she's crying. Like she was just used to being in my belly and now she's on the scary outside world. So she would cry. And then the pediatrician's like, well, don't give her a binky because blah, 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 blah. And and so then, you know, I'm just up all night with my back just aching so bad, just shoving my finger in the baby's mouth to get her to like, like soothe herself, but she can't soothe herself because she's brand new. And it was just, you know, and I just remember my parents were there and and I just like started crying. I just was leaning over this box and hadn't even showered yet. And just, just leaning over, putting my finger in the baby's mouth, just crying. Cause you just feel like, like you're not doing enough. Yeah. That's hard too. When you can't get that initial bonding with the baby, you know, that's so crucial and yeah. obviously no fault of your own. And that, that, that's really hard. That's really yeah. hard. Yeah, it was really sad and it was really hard and, you know, you're just emotional. One thing I learned in pregnancy is that when you, you know, throughout pregnancy, your placenta is dealing with so many hormones that once you deliver the placenta, you're losing 70% of the hormones within your body. Oh, wow. That's insane. Yeah. And like, that's a huge shift very quickly. (laughs) I'm I'm pretty positive. It's 70%. Like I'm 95% sure. But so anyway, so I knew I told my husband, you know, like just be on the lookout for signs of postpartum depression and whatever. And, and so, but you can't even help it. So yeah, initially I had the baby blues and it, it felt really good to get outside like three days postpartum. I resumed normal activities. I was out at my husband's softball game. You know, I was taking the baby out because I needed that for myself. And, uh, and then, yeah, after a couple of weeks, I realized that it wasn't just um, baby blues because baby blues typically last for the first two weeks or so. Mm-hmm. 
And so, um, yeah, after that, I realized I probably was struggling with postpartum depression, but I'd never struggled with something like that before. So what did you do to cope with that? So like, I feel like I was kind of in denial. Like I felt like it made me not strong uh, or something. I don't know. And so I w- I started to go to a support group. Um, Good for you. One the, yeah. One of the nearby hospitals put on a, a pregnancy and postpartum support group. And so I started going to that and they had me take, um, I can't remember what it's called, but it's a survey. And apparently your doctor is supposed to do it at your six weeks checkup, six weeks checkup. Mm-hmm. But you know, it basically like, it's like a score where if you're above 10, that that means that you're probably, you need to consult with a doctor. And I was at 15. Oh, wow. So like I, you know, like you know, I was having really bad intrusive thoughts. Um, and I obviously I loved my baby so much. I loved her so much, but I really didn't feel like that initial bonding. I didn't feel like, like, um, how everybody says like, Oh, I just, I didn't even remember what life was like before the baby. Like they're so perfect. They're everything I ever wanted or needed. And I kind of felt like, no, like I do remember what life was like before the baby. And it was so good. Like, you know, I got to actually like sleep and like my body didn't look like this and just so many things. Right. And so, you know, anyways, long story short, I continued going to those meetings. My husband came to some with me and my whole family. I went over to my parents' house like every day. Like I just needed to be out. And so I had a big group of people who were really supportive of me and, and really like open-minded to, um, I don't know, just ways that they could help with, with, uh, like soothing my postpartum depression. That's really great that you had that support and that you also realized when it was time to get some help. Right. Yeah. And you know, I never actually did take the step of going to consult with my doctor because I, again, I listened to my instincts and I really felt like, you know what, once I get sleep, I'll be better. Mm-hmm. And, and it actually did contribute a lot to it. Like once I wasn't as sleep deprived, because also like I didn't let my husband help for the first nine weeks. I was like, no, he works and I stay home and I'm a perfectionist. So if I'm going to be a stay at home mom, I'm going to be the best stay at home mom ever. Oh, that and is so, such a common, I, I think so many moms can relate to that. That is, it's so hard to ask for help, especially when you're a I, brand new stay at home mom and you think, okay, this is my responsibility. I should be able to handle this. And it's a lot to handle. It really is. Right. Well, and I think that like, you know, our parents, they, um, you know, they were under like the impression that like men went to work and women stayed home. But now that's a load of crap. Like it takes teamwork to raise, it actually takes a village to raise babies. Mm -hmm. And that's insane. If I think that because he's working that I should suffer the consequences of having a baby physically, emotionally, mentally, and with every aspect of my life, including sleep, exercise, like that's, it's just not fair. And it's not, it's not plausible. So it's no, like, definitely not. I, I needed his help. And so at nine weeks postpartum, I asked for his help and we came up with a schedule where he had the baby from 10 to two because she was able to go four hours in between feedings. She didn't like it, but she could. Mm-hmm. And so he would take from 10 PM to 2 AM and I would get four continuous hours. Um, that is huge too. Just a, a yeah. chunk of sleep is 
life-changing. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> it feels like, yeah. oh, I just slept for a whole night. <laughs> yeah, you wake up feeling like you're a freaking Disney princess. You're like, oh my gosh, look at me. I'm ready for the day. Seriously. <laughs> 2 a.m., I'm ready. <laughs> Gotta go back. Um, and I feel like, for me personally, at least, we both made this baby. Like, you're going to help just as much as I'm going to help. Like, right. I, I really believe that. I think that's how yeah. it should be. Yeah, it's so, and he was so willing. He was so great. Like, even one time in our postpartum support group, he, he actually got emotional and he said, It's just hard for me to see my wife struggling so much. And I don't know what to do. Like, I don't know my role as a dad. I don't know what I can do to help, but it feels like there's nothing I can do because he doesn't have boobs. He can't feed the baby. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. like and I, I just was not willing to like give her formula. I don't know. I was weird about it. Or I didn't want my husband to feed her a bottle. I don't know why. I just, I was funny about it. And so yeah, it's one of those things, you know, we get in our head and it's hard to get out of it, you know, especially when you can't see the big picture, you're sleep deprived. There's so many contributing factors. It's tough. It's really tough in the beginning, right. but good for you for realizing it does take a village. It really does. And even beyond just you and your husband, you know, friends, family members, everyone wants to help and asking for help is huge. Right. Yeah. So then after that, I mean, I have my days now, but really, I actually really enjoy motherhood. And I feel like uh, around four months postpartum, I really started to feel more joyful. And I felt like the postpartum depression kind of settled a little bit and so now I've really like yeah I I really enjoy it and anywhere I go truly goes and we're just like little pals oh good that's what that's how it should be I'm glad you got to that point so now looking back on your labor I know you said you probably will go with midwives would there be anything that you would do differently moving forward either in uh, during pregnancy or postpartum or the way you deliver whatever um, with labor, not so much. Um, oh, you know, one thing is after, um, the birth, I regret this so bad because I have all of my birth footage, my videographer gave me. And, um, I, as I watched it, I realized that like my baby was trying to nurse after she came out. But, you know, I was so just in the moment and they were trying to weigh her and get her measurements and blah, 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 blah. And so looking back, I'm like, you know what? Like, it's kind of silly and such a small thing. But I'm like, I wish that the second she came out, that stupid gown would have been off of me and I could have just been there naked and just had the baby placed on me and just let her just feed from me and and just ha- and like, and I guess just enjoy the golden hour a little bit more. Um, with truly. Yeah, that's, that's a a lot of first time moms don't know what they can say no to and what they, that you're in charge, you're driving the bus, you know? Right. And sometimes in a hospital setting, it can feel like others are trying to drive the bus for you, but it's your birth and it's your body no matter what. So Uh, yeah, do you have any advice for moms that are considering a med-free birth? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like I said, I'm a childbirth educator. Um, So first and foremost, people need to be educated. Mm -hmm. So like I know that natural births are not the norm right now. Like after I had my birth, um, the nurses like and doctors and anesthesiologists, they were all shocked at what I just did. 
And so I knew that it's not common. So you need to go out, like if you're pregnant, and you need to get educated because what is the norm doesn't necessarily mean that that is what's correct. Mm -hmm. So I think that you just need to go get educated about other possibilities. And you can do that by taking birth classes. And there's hundreds of different methods. I obviously recommend the Bradley method. Um, So that's number one. Number two, I thought that helped me the most is um, being in physical shape because labor really is a marathon and you wouldn't show up to run a marathon dehydrated, never, you know, running a long distance in your life, um, eating McDonald's for the last 30 days, like you just wouldn't do it (laughs) or else you would, or else you would, you know, have an absolutely terrible experience and say, I'm never running a marathon again. Seriously. If you prepped for it and you're in shape and you run regularly and you eat healthy and drink water, then, you know, the marathon's hard. It's so hard and it tests you physically and emotionally. But then at the end of it, you get to feel that pure elation when you cross the finish line. Right. Yeah. That's a great reminder is that we do have to prepare ourselves mentally and physically. (laughs) Right. Right. So yeah, really those two things. And then you know, the Bradley method goes over everything that I would have as far as tips go, but just making sure that everybody's on the same page as you. And if they're not, then bye-bye. <laughs> like you have right. to have supportive people. Exactly. So do you have any must-have like products for yourself or your baby that you absolutely loved? Um, I loved the Boppy nursing pillow. Mm-hmm. That was a life savior, life saver. Um, my baby was super small. So to breastfeed the football position was like the most uh, helpful and the boppy was legit. Um, yeah, the boppy I loved her hatch sound machine. I loved that. I felt like, you know, we want to imitate the womb as much as possible for the first couple months of their life. And the womb is very noisy so it made her sleep much better to have a nice sound machine. And then, uh, I don't know, that's all I can think of right now, but everybody's so different. Probably a Velcro swaddle because any other swaddle is crap. Uh, I was, can, we were just, just talking, talking about, about that because I have one of those. They out of it like little ninjas. I know. And I, I love the Velcro one I have and my sister's pregnant right now. And she's like, do I need to get one of these? And I was like, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we used uh, the Halo sleep sack. And yeah, she slept in it for so long. And now that she's older, we use like this really, it's not Velcro, but it's still sleep sack. It's like this really soft minky. It's from this company called Little Couture. And, and yeah, I love it. Sleep sacks are the bomb. Cool. Thanks for sharing this. My kids are going to be, my youngest is nine and I'm having my third. So it's like a full. Where do I start? (laughs) Like starting. Yeah. It's like starting over again. So I'm just taking notes, you know, any advice (laughs) anyone can give me, I'm like, come on, give it to me. (laughs) I know. I know. That's crazy. But yeah, I mean, it's so different for everybody. So that's like pretty like essential things that I feel like everybody could benefit from. Oh yeah, absolutely. So we touched a little bit on your work as a childbirth educator and you're also a doula. So can you just tell our listeners that may not know what a role, the role of a doula is, what, what you do and what that entails? 
Right, right. So obviously I had such an incredible experience that I wanted to um, allow other women to have an incredible experience during birth because I just hear way too many traumatic experiences. Mm -hmm. And so being a doula, um, basically, I think it's Greek. Um, The translation is literally like a woman who serves. And so a doula is just that. A doula is somebody who in labor um, or, you know, or um, in pregnancy or postpartum. It's just a woman who supports the pregnant mother, advocates for them, um, helps them in labor with relaxation techniques and pain management methods, um, and really just helps them and is their person to build them up, make them feel secure, make them feel listened to and heard and beautiful, um, during this point, because, emotionally labor, I think labor is the hardest emotionally. So if you have somebody there, a doula that can say, you are so close, you're almost there. You're doing incredible. If they, if you have somebody there to fulfill every doubt, it makes all the difference. Awesome. Thank you so much for sharing that. So how can our listeners get in touch with you? Yeah. So obviously I'm in Hawaii. (laughs) So, um, my, I have a doula um, Instagram account and it's at the hula doula. Love that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, super it's, cute. It's fitting. <laughs> well, yeah, so Instagram. Perfect. And we'll put a link to that in our show notes so people can follow you and hopefully get in touch with you if they're lucky enough to be living in Hawaii and giving birth in Hawaii. Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everybody's dream. Right? Oh my gosh. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and telling your story. It was a really great one. Thanks so much for listening. If you're enjoying our podcast, please give us a five-star review on iTunes. And be sure to follow along on Instagram at birthnaturally. They say giving birth is equivalent to running a marathon, but what about being pregnant and building a company from scratch while taking on the multivitamin aisle? That is the story of Ritual's founder, Kat Schneider, who started Ritual because she couldn't find a prenatal she could trust. So I just started recently taking the Essential for Women multivitamin, and it's been great so far. They are super gentle on my stomach. I can even take them without food, which is just very convenient. And yeah, it's great because I just want to fill some gaps in my diet. And I feel like this is exactly what I need. They're also great tasting. Like the the Essential for Women multivitamins have like this minty taste. So I'm so not used to that. I'm used to that like not so great aftertaste. So that's been awesome as well. So although I am not pregnant, Ritual has a prenatal that you can trust. They are made with traceable ingredients. You can literally look at a map and see where all the ingredients have come from, which is super cool. And you better believe I checked that out and I loved it. And all of the ingredients are vegan, bioavailable, and clinically studied key nutrients for before and during pregnancy. They're also non-GMO project verified, gluten, and major allergen free. So why settle for a multivitamin you're not 100% sure about? Ritual was literally built on trust, so you know it's the real deal. Ritual is offering my listeners 30% off during their first month. Visit ritual.com slash 
birth naturally to start ritual or add essential for women prenatal to your subscription today.